I planned to go to law school after I graduated, but uh, looks like my folks won't have enough money to put me through college. Well, the world needs ditch diggers, too. Entrepreneurship, scaling business plans. Then I became the CEO man. Are you ready to be mentored by some of the best minds in entrepreneurship in the world? Then you're listening to the right podcast, Ditch Digger CEO. We're going to be interviewing CEOs and founders who will be telling their amazing rags to riches stories. These entrepreneurs who dominate the industries they serve will be sharing the secrets to their success. We'll be talking to millionaires and billionaires. Many who started with nothing. You're going to be mentored with golden nuggets of shared experiences from my guest, whose time is worth thousands and even tens of thousands of dollars per hour. I started in the paving business right out of high school. And with no college education, mentorship has been my education of choice. I started over 25 companies in the last 20 years, have generated over $1.5 billion in revenues. My guarantee is this. If you listen to Ditch Digger CEO and you want to be more successful, you will become more successful. The secrets of my success and from many of the world's greatest business leaders will be revealed. Let Ditch Digger CEO mentor you. So you should have done the, uh, the, the, the video on uh, why, the why, right? Because I mean, yeah. you, you figured it out. You know, Simon Sinek t- talks about it all the time. Yeah. It's a great subject, right? What's your why? That's the why. You had the why. I mean, the, the why, and I, and I used that. We, we would do a national meeting every year, and one of them was the why. And it really, and why are we getting up to do this? And it wasn't, to, you know, if we help enough kids, the money will be there. And mm-hmm. and, it, and the other thing, too, is back to sales, if you, you know, for, for, for enrolling enough student athletes and families you can afford to do you can afford to give back and do all these things mm-hmm. and that was kind of our big drivers like we want to and when we would tell families we said the reason why this is great is that we're uh, for every kid that we enroll you know part of that revenue is going set aside to help make sure we can help kids who can't afford this as well too and sure. a lot of families like the fact that we did that because the kids all the good kids are getting put in the same you know category together it wasn't just you know the the, the families could afford it which really i think helps our our readership and viewership from the college level. sure yeah i mean and you know and, and i look at it as you know when i first met you it was I, I saw such a huge value in these kids that are that are getting scholarships in sports. You don't e- always don't even know the scholarships are out there for, you know, women's women's golf or back then volleyball, women's golf, things like this. This is when I first met you, and and gosh, the opportunities that you that you actually find for kids are tremendous. Then I then I have one of my one of my teammates at work. He runs one of our businesses, Brad Wagner. Now Brad Brad's a former Division One football player. He's six foot. You know Brad really oh, yeah, well. Man, he's your buddy yeah, in our office. Yeah. He's six foot six. He's three, you know, four hundred some fifty pounds, and he's not that. He's not a real fat guy. He's a he's just a big mountain of a man. So his kids, of course, are big kids. And so, sure enough, their kids are getting offers and stuff for col- for for colleges. And I said, "You got to talk to my buddy Chris." He's like, "Gary, it's, he's got abundance of opportunity. It's not like it's that tough." I said, "Well, you should look into it because number one, I think I think they might be he might they might find a better fit for for your boys than than not doing it right." And Dalton today was one of the one of the highest uh, highest ranking linemen in the country a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Went through you guys. They mm-hmm. went through you guys for Dalton. He he played. He he could have gone at any almost anywhere. But Arkansas, he finds, is an amazing fit for him for a lot of reasons. Academically, what he wants to do if he doesn't go in the pros someday, right? But Dalton's six foot nine and, and uh, you know three hundred and some pounds and fast and smart. 
and he, you know, he may go in the NFL, but if he doesn't, they're very confident the education he's getting is so is is the best he could find, and that, and so the, the fit for them with NCSA was not just where is this this, this athlete going to go because he's going to go somewhere, right? right? But what's he going to you know where's the college that's going to be a fit for him otherwise beyond football? Exactly, and, and they yeah. found it, and they give you guys credit for that. Well, you know? that, that's the thing. It's like there, you have a once in a lifetime chance of playing sports in college, mm-hmm. and if you screw it up you can't go back and do it again it's not like if you're if you do a driveway gary and you screw it up you guys can tear it up and you put it down and make it right if you screw up recruiting because you thought your coach was going to do it or you just kind of let the chips fall where they may or you you end up going to a a a school that happened to you know have a you know two all-american linebackers right in front of you for four years and you don't get to play yeah when that happens you can't go back and redo it the ncaa rules only allow you you know this one-time chance so the reality what we find for most of the families it's not just getting the scholarship it's getting the right fit it's how do you leverage sports to to be able to, to maybe get into the better school and then how do you make it to make it affordable and negotiate because right. not every sport has full rides available a lot of the sports and like baseball for instance are they call equivalency sports where they have 11.7 scholarships available and and you will go as a freshman and maybe you get your books paid for maybe you walk on maybe you get 25 percent or 35 percent and then mm-hmm. you you know after a year or two you can maybe earn scholarship dollars so there's each sport in in each level is the game's played a little differently yeah. and a lot of kids think that they're just gonna go and play division one and get a full ride and and the reality is there's 1700 colleges out there that offer sports you know there's there's almost 700 football programs and and you know there's 101 or 119 division one a programs. so mm-hmm. you know the, the the difference of of going and playing at a, a certain level is, is these kids start or start to realize that they're going up against not the kids from Chicago anymore. Yeah, they're going up against the world. Yeah, you know, sure. the colleges recruit mm-hmm. from the world, especially in basketball and tennis. And you know, there you got kids in South Africa, and you got kids in Great Britain and in South America that are you know all these kids from the you know the, the, the Romania and you know these kids want scollarships to Spain and Spain. Yeah, Nadal. You know, but but, but I, you know the, the most important thing I see in you guys is that is that you know you're digging into their the, the kids' background and what they want to be even right because. Most ninety nine point nine percent aren't going to make their money right. in the sport that you're getting a scholarship for, right? Right. So and what? If they, and if they do, yeah. they're going to be done in three point two years on <laughs> 3. average, 2, yeah. and then they're going to be asking you for a job or us for a job because I think we have about fifty five former NFL guys that work for us now, wow. mm-hmm. um, and they're able to share their story. It, it seems like in next college student athlete, the most important word in that is student. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not it's not necessarily college athlete. It's Good not point. next co- because everything you said is not about like you said it about Dalton. It's not necessarily you getting into the school because you're that good. You're right. going to get it, but it's really getting into the right school after you know from that it, perspective. And I think that gives you all a niche. Yeah, we we don't even look at getting into the right school. We look at graduating with a meaningful degree, right? Because it's a lot of kids get get into school and they graduate and they get a degree in in <laughs> some major that isn't really going to help them get a job mm-hmm. and and what when they just got used yeah. and that happens a lot a lot of these yeah. kids they go in and they you know major in recreational studies or whatever and now that you what are you going to do with that right. <laughs> right. you know in, in terms of you know getting a career so the thing that we really focus on is is letting them know that this athletic experience is going to set them apart from 90 3% of every other college graduate mm. and if you can take that lessons the lessons you learn from sports and use that in your interview, put it on your resume, 
it really, I mean, when I, I've in, in my book, Athletes Wanted, one of the things I talk about in there is, is a survey I did with CEOs like you, Gary. I, I surveyed uh, like uh, almost a thousand CEOs. And I, one of the questions I asked was, would you rather have a C plus kid who played four years of college sports? Or would mm-hmm. you rather have a straight A kid who never did any extra right. activities? And I th- it was like ninety nine percent of the the CEOs said, "Give me, yeah. give me the athlete," because yeah. I know the kid is a hard worker, time management. They 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 know how to win. They know how to lose. Uh, they they're going to grind. They're going to set goals, yeah. and they're going to be competitive. And and so not enough kids, I think, go into the the, the the job market knowing that they do have a competitive advantage. So right. one of the things we talk about is teaching them how to use that sports experience in helping them get their first job and second job and how do you how do you bring that that leadership mentality to your corporate culture wherever you go and if they're looking for a corporate culture that you know really rewards that you know find an employer that's going to appreciate that because if if you don't appreciate that they might not be a place you want to work how about that word athleteership aren't you that cool or what that's amazing. I mean, it's all it explains it all in one word, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. It's just absolutely. that's it's cool. Second, I, I, when you when you told me about that years ago, I thought, man, that's awesome. That's brilliant. Use that Act cause leadership because I, I like the I, I like the idea. Right? I, I, my I just was a high school football player, wrestler, but I definitely in that short career up to my my graduate you know graduating high school, that short career of sports really really gave me a, some identity in, in how to lead a team right and how to be part of part of a team how to play within a team and then actually actually be a leader on a team so i mean it, it's it's it means a lot more than most people think in my opinion and i look at our best best people on our team and at work and there's there's people that aren't athletes right but they probably probably had to work hard at something if they're if they if they rise above the rest and sports is just a place where you got to do it if you're gonna if you're gonna you know if you're gonna win you're gonna have to work a little harder than than otherwise. Well, and, and that was the fun thing when I shared the 2012 vision with the team, and I think we maybe had maybe 50 employees at the time, but everyone got behind it. I said that it would, and it really kind of went through this transformative culture that we built. And I and I've and I've had been blessed to be around championship winning coaches, um, a lady named Sue Inquist who won 10 uh, titles at UCLA for women's softball. Uh, we, she's, she's become a close friend of mine and I was able to, to learn a lot from her and, 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 and as we, to see the parallels of the culture of these winning teams, these like the John Wooden type UCLA mm-hmm. teams who she learned from John Wooden. So wow. these are the things she learned from and I, and one of the things she always would share with me would be, you know, the five aspects of a championship culture and making sure we bake that in here. And that was number one, you know where you're going, number one. Number two, you know how you're going to get there. Number three is you know your job. What's your role on the team? You mm-hmm. know, what is your job and are you going to do that to the best? And what does success look at your job? Number four is making it a safe place to fail. Mm-hmm. If you fail, fail fast and everyone's got your back. Yeah. And, if you, and if it's a safe place to fail, people are going to – Go for go for making plays sure. and, and not be and not be embarrassed if they don't get it. They're gonna, fall, they're gonna be okay falling down. They're not gonna like it, but they'll feel okay. They're gonna, they, they're, they got they're, support. Somebody's gonna pick them up. They're gonna get back up quick, and yeah. everybody's gonna brush them off and get and they're gonna get get, mm. get back after it. And the last thing is have fun. Make it fun. You know, if you're yeah. gonna do, you're going through life. Why do you want to work at a place that's not fun? I mean, at mm. least you can have some fun. Make it competitive. Have some fun. So those five aspects of a of a championship culture are something that we really started. You know, we we were doing already, but really to kind of crystallize that and really work on vision. And that 2012 plan turned into we got to, we, when we got to 25, 30 million, we were already 
almost at 50, and, and it was you know 20, you know 10. So we made a 2020 plan at that point. So mm -hmm. the idea of really knowing where you're going, writing it down, sharing it with the team, and now you have accountability. It's like I say, hey, I said we're going here, That's gang. Right. And that, every year I had to stand up in front of everybody and say, wait a minute, we did there, but we actually went further and we went further, and it was exciting to see every year that we'd hold ourselves accountable. It was we weren't a corporate. I see some corporate cultures where you know the CEOs and the you know the board they all hide and everyone works and they don't know where everyone's going and, and it's mm -hmm. like, are you kidding me? How can you guys run a business when no one knows where you're going? Right. Uh, everyone knows where we're going. Everyone knows exactly what success is you know every every day we have a, a map and if it's a top 10 performers we reward our team with 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 accolades if it's a meeting set what are what are our leading indicators the metrics are so important right to measure day. success or you know good day yeah. or bad day it's yeah. that simple if you can right. measure a good day and you measure a bad day right. and everybody on the team knows what a good day and bad day yeah. is Right. You're going to succeed because nobody wants to go to work and, and, and have a bad day. Yeah. Let the team down. Let the company down. Yeah, exactly. Let their customers down, right? That, and that's so. the thing is you start you, – you, people will work harder to not let a, a teammate down than mm -hmm. they'll work for themselves. Absolutely. And, that's, and, when you, and when you start competing and everyone's in it together, it's like, you know what? I'm having a tough day, but heck, Gary, we can get this goal. Let's, let's, let's get after it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the guy next to him, it rubs off. It's contagious. So I got to tell you, so Chris uh, – Always uh, in, in these business, business forums, these, the CEO forums, I'm in with Chris. I've been in firm with Chris for you know, a long time, but not long enough. I want another 20 years with this guy, and he's a, he's a California boy now, so we gotta, he's got to fly back to be in our <laughs> forum nowadays. But but I'll never forget, and we'll always, we always look back on an annual basis to see that Chris do this, but ever since I've known him, he's had personal goals and, 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 and a game plan. Uh, what, what, what has it been? Has it been one, three, ten years out, or what's yeah. it been usually? Uh, usually, how do you do? usually one, you know, uh, it's well, quarter, you know, weekly, monthly, well, yeah, quarterly, but then, right. you, then, then, you then, the, then I have one, three, five, and, and, and 50. So I'll never forget, Chris, and you're probably 40 maybe or something like that, and, and, I'm, and we're, we're, you know, we, we became, you know, really good friends at this point and one of my best friends still today. And, and always will be, but but I'll, I'll never forget this guy, forty year old guy, you know, in, the, in this business that's relatively small at the time, fifteen million, you know, whatever it was, ten, twelve, fifteen million dollar business, and he's got these this plan all laid out. He said, you know what, I I, I, I don't know, he could tell you where he came up with the, the love for surfing because he wasn't a surfer yet, but but he had a vision of of of, of building the business to this size. Then I'm going to replace myself, and I'm moving to California, maybe full time, maybe just half the year. I'm going to I'm going to surf every day. I'm there though. I'm going to surf every day. We're like, wait, wait, you're 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 a Chicago guy. What are you talking about, right? And and sure enough, by it, it, he hit his goals, exceeded his goals. And what does he do today? He surfs Surf, out in California and moved out there with his family, and he's got this awesome this awesome life because he because he planned, right? I mean. I, I don't know if you, if you know the, the number that I've heard all different numbers, but basically the number I, I remember is only like 5% of the population actually has real planning for themselves personally or career-wise, right? Only like 5%. But yet if you ask people that, that feel they're successful and have had success in business and life, 95% of them say they had a plan. Right. And, and I mean, it seems simple. 
but for us to have the diligence to do that isn't always it just, it just we're, we're not all that that uh, that wired wired right. that way right? right Chris you've been that wired and that and that's always impressed me and everybody everybody around you and I, I actually am more planned because of you because I'm, I'm I go home and my wife Cheryl this this plan that Chris has it's <laughs> it's amazing it's awesome we got to do more of this planning honey right so she's I like yeah. that so sure enough we laid out plans of ourselves because of your plan uh, and in business I always kind of planned. But probably more, uh, more accurately and more, more methodically after getting to know Chris, right? So that's how that's how that kind of this stuff rubs off, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, so it, well it's tell like, us where you got well, that. Well, anyway. well it, it, it's interesting. It's like I I started with the business plan, this 2012 plan that I really put my heart and soul into, and I saw after four or five years into it, we were we were knocking out of the park, and I'm like, I'm spending all this time on this business plan and having success. Why am I not doing it in my personal life? Mm-hmm. And so I really started to take that that same approach into to where, where do I want to be in 10, 15, 20 years mm-hmm. and then backwards engineer what my life is going to look like. What do I want my kids to look like? What do I want my my what do I want to spend my time with my, my parents and my and my and my sister and my nephews and, and my friends and, and what type of activities? Where do I want to travel to? And really to be able to take that 2012 plan and start to say, okay, I you know, I only have so many years with these kids, so I better, you know, next thing I know they're gonna be going off to college and yeah. or they're gonna be 14, 15 years old, they're gonna be with their buddies, they're not gonna care about dad anymore. So right. I figured I better map out you know, each summer, what we're going to do, and you know, literally, we just got back to Chicago with you know, Laura and I and, and the kids, and and we said, "What do you guys want to do?" And what? And and we you know, literally to to go to Topo Gigio's for Italian dinner. We're going to you know go down to you know uh, Nike Town and do some shopping, and and uh, go see some of our friends, and come to NCSA. So we were able to actually get a few. Uh, checks off the box just today alone. I get to see, get to see Gary. I get to do some cool things for work and my son gets to come join us and see, uh, see his old man, uh, and how he, uh, how he, he, uh, he, he, he is in, in the, in, in, in taking care of business with. So it's easy. Like you got the five aspects of champion culture in your family life too, man. Trying to, that's yeah. what, yeah, trying to, and, and really fate, you know, and, and, uh, my, my father passed, uh, just a couple of months ago and I had a chance to do his eulogy and it really made me reflect. And, and it was, uh, you know, the, the blessings that he's given me and my mom and, you know, they've been married, we were married for 56 years and wow. I'm like, God, this, these guys, you know, you know, faith, you know, go to church, you know, uh, you know, love, you know, take care of your family and, uh, and love life. I mean, my father, you know, really my mother, they, they made the most of the time they, they had together and, and we did, we were constantly on the move and it was, you know, it was a lot of work, uh, you know, but, but the, the memories they've created. So my job, full-time job now, besides, you know, being, uh, on the board here with NCSA and, and as an owner now and, and helping, you know, mentor, uh, our young leaders, you know, Lisa and Isel and the, and the, and the leadership team, that's, you know, my, my legacy is the, the, the leaders that I'm hopefully I'm helping try to, to help grow and, and my kids. So, you know, being able to do a YPO trip with my son, we just, we were able to do the seven habits of highly effective families with my son. And, and now he's starting, he's got his own mission statement together, All right. and which is really cool. As I got, if I, I'm like, if I was able to do what I know now at his age, I'm like, he's, oh, yeah. he's going to be so far ahead of me. And by the time he's in college, I mean, like, cause I'm learning all these lessons and mm-hmm. just being the sponge and trying to suck all this information in. And, and I'm like, what do you think Christopher? And he's like, 
like, oh, this is awesome. And he's you know reading Shoe Dog by you know uh, Phil Knight, and he's mm-hmm. like he wants to be an entrepreneur. You know, he, so I'm like, he, in fact, he said, Dad, can I come to this to to see Ditch Digger and see Mr. Rabine, and and uh, he's got an interest in it. So I'm like, what can I do to to foster his wow. interest and in, uh, whatever he wants to do is uh, is exciting. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, and so and you kind of talked to Lutz. You talked about your dad. You talked about actually you talked about a couple of people throughout this whole podcast who. Um, uh, that you idolize or that made you who you are. Mentorship it seems, it seems like it's extremely important to you. Pro- what will probably be some things when it comes to mentorship today that you see needs to be implemented, ingrained that you actually you know yeah. do for other people. Well, there are so many people that have given me the the time to help form my beliefs and and to give me confidence i mean from my high school coaches mike coleman who is a i love that man and he he's he i still keep in touch with him to, to, to today this day and he he was always believing in me and in, in helping me train extra and work out and do things and, and he made me believe that uh that i could i could go on to play in college uh to you know my mom and dad my grand you know my grandparents and then the friends and just trying to surround myself with 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 people who who uplift me, you know, Christopher's, you know, godfather, Tom Thayer, uh, who's a, a local, um, guy who played for the bears a long time. And, and, uh, and he's a, he, he's a kind of guy that helps keep me accountable and keeps Christopher accountable and knowing that, you know, there's a lot of people that when he makes a decision that are watching him and pulling for him and, and hopefully that positive peer pressure, uh, for for him and for me, and knowing that you know, there's a lot of people I represent that, that are counting me, on me to do the right thing here at NCSA, and my family's counting on me. So uh, the whole idea of mentorship, I think, it, it can be um, incredible if you surround yourself with the right people and, and you go out and 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 find people who 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 make you feel better and, and who you want to learn from and, and take it seriously. And I think there's not a it's not enough conduit to good mentors it's, it's challenging but i think if you if you are if you are if you want to be mentored there's enough people out there who want to help you and if you and if but you got it but it really becomes the 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 uh responsibility of the person who wants it mm-hmm. um you know I, I was in when i was in college there wasn't an internship lined up so i actually went and attended a seminar where these these companies were kind of given their pitch on what they were doing to hire people I went to the that same seminar and and sought sought out Bill Halbert and I said Bill Dr Bill I raised raised my hand in the middle of the meeting I said are you do you take interns and he goes well it depends how much you know how much does it cost I said I, I, it's free he goes he said see me afterwards <laughs> so I was like started the internship Amy but I had to get up and 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 take the uh, the responsibility the initiative, right? and the initiative mean, to do yeah. it and and I think not enough people. Maybe you have the confidence or encouraged to. I think we have to, you know, society, people think things need to be handed to you and mm-hmm. you got to do, you know, but I think in, in our society, you know, if, if you want it, it's Go there for you. It, right? You got you to stand up and ask for it. And, and, and the worst thing, and one of the, in sales, the worst thing they could say is no. Right. Mm-hmm. Who cares? You know, it's like if, we're, if that's the worst thing that could happen to you is they say no. 
well, well who cares? Let's bring, I'll take no's all day long, but I'll find that one yes that's yeah. going to help change my life. Got to have the initiative, right, Chris? And yeah. you know, guys look like you and I. We've been turned down many times, right? Oh, yeah. that, that's going to happen. That's a yeah. good thing. If we were if we were pretty like Quentin, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we wouldn't want we wouldn't know right. what turning you know, right. being turned down would be like, right. right? That's right. But because we're we we we've got turned down at a young age many times. Yeah, we got yelling, used yeah. to it. That's right. And, and no, but seriously, I, I think I think you hit a perfect point. I mean, you really have to be ready to to, to expect to be turned down asking for the the mentor you want in your life whoever they are right i don't care if it's if it's bill gates right go for bill gates if that's the guy you want to be mentored by he's probably going to say no most likely but that's okay then who's the next bill gates right right? and well the thing is you think about it you graduate from college and you build your resume and then you you try to call bill gates and he's gonna say sure everyone from grad that's graduating from college wants to come work at microsoft wants to talk to bill gates but what if you're in eighth grade and you want to maybe become the next Bill Gates, and you reach mm-hmm. out and write a letter and call Bill Gates. I bet you there's a good chance he's going to respond. Not a lot to of eighth you. graders, but, right? But, right, but, no. but the yeah. idea is everyone waits till the time where you say you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. But one thing at, at this internship program that I did at Vanderbilt was like when I went to before it um, Arthur Anderson before they they blew up. They, that was a big consulting company. My junior year, I actually went to Arthur Anderson and I said, "Listen, I'm really interested in working for you guys." And they're like, "Well, send your resume when you know and you're, you graduated." They said, "No, no, I'm I'm still in college." And they're like, what? "You're still in college and you're mm-hmm. and you're coming to try to get a job." You know, the people. You know, same thing when when I took the same lessons from my recruitment. When I picked up the phone and I called Coach Schembeck when I say, "Coach, I'm really interested in Michigan, and I'm still, you know, are you still looking for a linebacker?" And he go, "Really, really Chris?" Or like the fact that I personally it wasn't my dad calling, mm-hmm. it wasn't well, my grandpa, coach, it wasn't my coach. mom, it was my coach. <clears throat> the fact that I called as a junior or senior in high school. Almost everybody called me back because I think it's a rare thing for people to actually take the initiative. So when someone does take the initiative for me, it's like I give my cards out to hundreds of kids and I go talk at at events and and every once in a while someone will call me and I'll Mm -hmm. go out, I'll take that kid, we'll go to lunch and and we'll strike up a friendship. But of the hundreds of kids, it's like 1% that will even take you up on it. I guarantee you. It's like I'll go there and say, I'll give my cards out to everyone say, oh, I want your card, Mr. Krause. Chris, can I have your card? Mm -hmm. I'll hand out 50 cards. And I and I'll, I'll turn the tones and I said I won't hear from any of them and yeah. and, and and no you one calls me. Don't. no one, yeah. no one calls pretty, no one emails no one follows and that's, up and that's what Q and I find this out all the time we figure this out all the time right we, he's got you know you know true mentors he's doing an amazing job with it and and gosh if I was a, a young guy in my business doing a million two million dollars a year in revenues five million revenues this would have been an amazing place for me to go and for very inexpensively really yeah. cheap because the mentees don't pay too much for it. To get the type of mentorship they can get by for by dozens and dozens of of leaders, right? right. And yet, you know, and and, he, and and it's growing. He's got a lot of great kids and a lot of great people that are in, involved, and, and and they're very proactive mentees. But boy, there should be a lot more. There should yeah. be ten times that, yeah. because the opportunities for these these young people in business are is amazing when they have great people around them that that want to actually give back, like you will, like I will, like many yeah. of us do. And one thing I'm realizing, just from an observation aspect, and I was uh, it's funny we always talk about it at uh, within True Mentors, the junior board, even the board of directors who helps out, and it's yeah, actually we have some white POers that are, uh, which we really appreciate that are you know board directors and people who started businesses and doing extremely well. Some of your good buddies, yeah, yeah, Chris Krause. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, Eventually, but yeah, uh, exactly. No. I'm coming after you. Say no. I'm going to be proactive. Well, right. Guarantee Eddie, it. Eddie Come Zeman, on, Brent. Eddie, yeah. Eddie Z is amazing. I yeah. I Eddie, Eddie yeah. Zeman's awesome. And uh, then we got like Dean, Dean Vicka, Dean things Vicka. of that sort. Then we have yeah. all the like uh, that's definitely on the verge of YPO. But one of the things I always say is that there's a difference between being an entrepreneur and a entrepreneur. 
Yeah, oh, maybe like that's it. a word. I maybe like that's it. the word. Right? I like it. Maybe I that's like the word. But it's true. A lot of people yeah. want to, but they're not really willing to put forth the sweat equity to to uh, do it because uh. they have that sense of entitlement, and it's unfortunate because that's the one thing that stops the success that you're right. actually getting. Right. Actually, you just kind of talked about it, which is pretty key. Uh, from that point. I'm going to get like that, that trademark before you do. <laughs> 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 um, so let me ask, what's, so what's what's next for NCSA? What's next for, for you and your family since you're so good with goals and, and well, things he, of that sort? I guarantee he's got some goals. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, let's talk about that. Well, there's a, a, a number of things, that, but on the on the business side, that what's really exciting is there's, you know, there's 100,000 student athletes that we have in college right now who we've built relationships with who are going to be entering the workforce here in the next few years. And uh, my 2.0 version is to help uh, empower those kids to get linked up with great entrepreneurial athletership-driven companies uh, through internships and, uh, and practicum. So, and we, so I have a, a program that we're doing at Vanderbilt right now. We have over 100 student-athletes that are doing internships in Nashville right now that are kind of the model for it. And there's a great uh, need for it and. Uh, there's a great uh, desire for it. Companies all want to hire athletes, but they really don't have an easy way to find out uh, where these athletes are. And we just happen to have the largest database on the planet of student athletes that we've already built relationships with who, you know, going through recruiting is like going through a, an interview process. Mm -hmm. And if and if they are able to take the same things that we teach them through through NCSA and how to go through recruitment and build their athletic resume. Well, we flip that into their professional resume, teach them how to speak, teach them how to identify a company that uh, has the core values that they have uh, and, and start building a career. So I mean, that's my big passion is to, to continue on and help deliver value to these student athletes and, and show companies how you can hire on core values and hire athletes and how that can transform a corporate culture. So we invite people to come to NCSA and take a look at what happens if you put 700 former athletes hmm. together, show them where they're going, give them a vision and see how, how a, a company can really take off when you have a clear vision, you teach them where we're going, you teach them their role, what success looks like, uh, you make a safe place for them to, to, to uh, succeed or fail fast mm -hmm. uh, and have some fun. Right. Uh, so you know, I think we have a great opportunity to help uh, you know, maybe show people how to, how to take their corporate cultures to another level well, by recruiting And what's uh, exciting with that, Chris, is you know, ever, ever since I've, I've been around your business and you know, he, we have meetings in your in your offices and all that, so I got to see the pro progression of a small office with a couple dozen you know, people, I mean, maybe 50 people, whatever yeah. it was at the time I first met you, and, uh, and now what you have today. But it's always been exciting to be around your, your teams because they're always celebrating. They're always having a great time, you know, landing these, these scholarships for kids. What could be better than that? But you have the pilot of what you want of of what could be next. Yes. You have the pilot of, of what everybody would want. A celebratory, you know, team environment by team players, mm -hmm. right? Right. That you can then build building an industry outside yours, right? right. With the recruiting business you're talking about right now. So, man, I, we talked you know, you, you've been dreaming of this for a little while and it's a no-brainer. It is a no-brainer that 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 will be a success. So, that's fun. It's exciting. So when you, when you think about all this, Chris, and you you uh, you know you've you've built the American dream here, and and uh, we love talking about you know about the American dream and, and the access we have here, like no other country in the world. 
What's your feeling on that, and 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 what you, what you've built, what you what, you know, you look back and how how fun it's been, and but how challenging. Uh, could you have done it just anywhere in the world, or you know, tell tell me about this. Well, yeah, you know, I just got back from from a, a trip with my wife to Europe, and and we were in you know in London. We went to Wimbledon, but to to see um, the opposite side of 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 capitalism, and and to see more socialistic type scenarios where you know people were inherited everything, uh, and you were either born into uh, to a wealth or you were born into poverty, and that was your cast and your lot in life, and you. You lived your life either you know being a cobbler or or being a farmer or or being a a royal, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and 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 you know to to see um, what our forefathers had the the foresight to be able to to see the, the the opportunity to to create a new society where you could you could you could be whoever you want to be, uh, and for us to live in this time. I mean, I, I just wake up every morning and thank God that this is uh, this is the time where else would you rather be than right here right now in this beautiful country yeah. helping athletes go to college uh living spending you know you know raising your kids in a place where you can practice the religion you want to re- you, you want to practice uh you want to learn where you want to learn traveling to where you want to travel to uh unencumbered uh, and knowing that you can be who you want to be, if in and and not have anything pressed on you that you have to be someone or something you're not, uh, I think traveling does that for you. That's why I'm, I'm, hopefully I know I'm able to take my my kids out of the country and they you know go to Cuba. I think mm-hmm. you know go to Cuba and see what, what socialism really looks like and see people you know that you know that you're a brain surgeon and you're getting you know you're you're getting paid the same amount of the guy who doesn't want to show up. To wash dishes, mm. yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you wonder why that system fails. Right. <laughs> There's nothing's being rewarded, you know. Now, granted, it's not we're not it's not perfect, but but uh, but it's how, where else how, would you rather be? You know, how's that brain surgeon going to be inspired to be as good as the brain surgeons in, in yeah. America making a couple million dollars yeah. a year, right? Right. When, when he's getting the same yeah. as dishwasher, yeah, and he's still <laughs> waiting in line for bread, just like the, uh, the, the 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 guy who doesn't want to show up and <laughs> wash, dishes. <laughs> wash dishes, you know, yeah. uh, is yeah. reality, and and uh, you know it's exciting and it's. Uh, um, and, and it's an opportunity for for leaders to step up. That's like Big Jim used to say, because we're leaders. Uh, we need more leaders, and that's yeah. one of the things we measure leadership on at NCSA. And I measure my own leadership is how many other leaders you're uplifting. Mm-hmm. How many how every many month? Inspired? Every every month we say how many people got a how many people got a promotion here at NCSA. Sure, and we measure that. How many people have more responsibility? How many people have more people that they are responsible for? And every time. We see, you know, 50 people every month that we recognize. That tells me leadership is happening because it's not about what, you know, it's not about the me, it's about the we. And the more, you know, I can, you know, Look at Lisa and Izel and our team, and and cheer for them, and give them my experience here, and and see them grow. You know, they're, they're big, growing this thing better, bigger, and better than I ever could, and 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 I love it. I can just cheer for them, and, and uh, yeah, I mean, a, really, a leader is one that inspires others to be better than they could be without them, right? Yeah, better than what they could be without them. And think about the the amount of amount of people you can look around and say, man, I, you, you probably had, you, and I know you're not a guy who says I had a lot to do with that. But boy, you had a lot to do with a lot of leaders, bud, and 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 you're continually do that, continuing to do that. So, how cool is that, right? Just like your dad left yeah. a, a great legacy behind him, and 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 the, and, the, and, the, and the example he was, right? You're going to do the same thing, and 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 you're going to continue to. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. 
Yeah. Put at leadership on my tombstone, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have like ten other terms before that. You're gonna find one, maybe even better somewhere. But that, that's a that is an excellent one, actually. But uh, hey, I want to get Christopher in here for just a second. Christopher, I want you to put the put the uh, headphones on, pull your dad out of here for a minute. I want to I want a couple questions here to uh, throw at you. So so Christopher, how old are you now? I'm eleven now. Eleven years old. Um, you, you look a lot like your dad, but you're a lot better looking. You're, you're not going to get turned down as much as your dad and I probably, yeah, but that's, and that's a good thing, but, but you still got to be ready for the being turned down. Right. So what's the, uh, tell us about your, you got any goals right now? And as a, as 11 year old young man, what, any kind of goals you got in your life at all? Not really. I want to play football next year. Yeah. Next year. Yeah. What position? Uh, last year, a couple of years. Uh, the year before last year, I played center, so center, I think. All right. So what, what's it like having a dad that uh, that gets you get to surf with and hang out with and go to church with and all that? It's really cool because he can teach me all the things that he learned, like in his way older years <laughs> with me at such a young age. I think I'm going to be really successful because of his tips and tricks uh-huh. and all that. That is really neat, right? For a young guy like you, because a lot, a lot of, a lot of fathers can't spend that didn't plan really, really well to be able to spend the quality time your dad could spend with you, right? Yeah. So that's really, that's really neat. When, when he, when you, if you can learn to plan like your dad, you could do the same thing sometime, right? And when you get, when you get older and you have kids, you just spend all the time you want with them if you plan properly, right? Yeah. Isn't that cool. Mm-hmm. What's your, what's your favorite sport? I really like basketball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I think I like basketball because I played it for like a really long time. I remember playing it at ICSJ over here, uh-huh. like being five and not understanding anything, and Dad taking the time to coach me. Cool. And I I've, I watched you play the guitar, man. I remember when you were like three years old playing the guitar. We were at a party part of your house, and and you were down playing the guitar for people watching. It was really cool. Your dad was just learning to play then. Yeah. And you're, he was learning to play because he wanted to play with you, right? Yeah. Which is really cool. They still play the guitar. Yes. Man, I wish we had a guitar here. You could have played yeah, something. Yeah, I could have right. sang. You could have. You could have probably played the Ditch Digger song. <laughs> huh? I want. Will you do me a favor? Will you learn the Ditch Digger song so next time I see you can play it and I can sing it? Okay. You could probably sing it better than me. I know, but I, I, I'm sorry. I I gotta sing it. All right. All right. But you can play the guitar and sing. You could be, do backup vocals with me too. All right. All right. Yeah, what about, what about this leadership conference? How many kids your age go to leadership conference, right? But what was that like? What was that like? What did you did you learn anything? Did you have some fun? It was really fun. I learned a lot about the Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens. Uh huh. That was super fun learning about all that. I started kind of using them here, and like during the leadership thing, I started using them, and after the leadership thing, I started using them. Really already? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's awesome. Which what, what did you like the most out of the, the, those those uh, effective traits? I really like begin with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. That's that's important. Man, it's just what we're talking about. Yeah. It's what your dad's talking about here. You know all seven. You don't know all seven. There's no way. Probably know six. What What do you know? <laughs> I know. Um, be proactive. Begin with the end in mind. Put first things first. Seek first to understand. Then to un. Wait. Seek first to. 
Think win-win, seek first to understand, then to be understood, synergize, and sharpen the saw. Well, that's seven. That's all seven, that's baby. Seven. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Well, well, I do have to ask a question. You know, I know you stay in California, uh, but you, uh, ah, but, but if, if you can be anywhere, anywhere, where would that be? If you could be in any, any, any city, where, where would you as want as to, where he lives? As far as where you where live, you where live? would that be? Either Chicago or New York. Oh, wait, wait. No oars. No oars. <laughs> Chicago. Chicago. Bring him home, Chris. Bring him back here, Chris. You, you know, that's abusive, isn't it? Him taking out there the surf and, and uh, you know, the sun and all that stuff. I eat seafood. I mean, come on. Where's the change in weather? Like, you know, gloomy and rainy and, and slu- <laughs> snowy slush. and no slushy, you know. Where's the, you know, you don't, got, you don't have any of that out there. No. No. Come on, Dad. Get him back here now. Yeah, we're gonna have to work on that now that we got you on our side, Christopher. Mm-hmm. You know that. What else you got for him? Q? This, what, is, this is awesome. Yeah, this was amazing, man. Uh, Eleven-year-old kid to have this stuff in his head is awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, um, it's it's extremely invigorating because I'm actually about to have my first boy. So yeah, baby. To, uh, his name won't be Chris, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but to see that, you know, is, is actually pretty good. You know, at least for me, is to begin with the end in mind. Eventually, that will happen. So it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate you being here. What else? Anything else you have for Yeah, guys? man. I have, uh, as always, we got the Quentin True takeaways, and I took a lot from Chris. So I hope you all are ready for this. So one of the first ones, sales is about education and trust. And you broke it down extremely well. Want, need, benefit, then close. Not just try to want and close, because that's not going to work, right? Uh, but you, you said it and you hit it. If you was to add just one quote to that, which you did, which no one will buy from you until they buy you. Mm. And that's that's key. You know, one thing that NCSA does, you know, if you help enough people, the money will be there. So you have that, you know, giving philosophy and that's really awesome. The five aspects of a champion culture. Oh my gosh, you know, know where you're going, show the vision, what's your role, make it a safe place to fi- to fail, but more importantly, have fun. Mm. And then when you talked about mentorship, you know, mentorship and we always talk about it all the time. You know, your network equals your net worth, right? So mentorship is incredible when you surround yourself with the right people not just people you know and uh you said something i don't know if y'all heard it on his podcast he, he gave you all a nugget when it comes to just everything all i mean i'll take no's all day to find that one yes to change your life like that was phenomenal but to end it all to to top it off to put the icing on the cake you know understand that the best way to measure leadership is how many people are you leading? And remember, it's not about me. It's about we. And when you look at it, if you ever had the opportunity to come to the north side of Chicago and you come see NCSA and the fact that they have over 700 uh, teammates, associates, athletes that he has on here, the vision that he grew in, an, in a place that was no market cap, basically, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, that, that's a testament to servant leadership. And Chris is just an honor to have this podcast with you, my friend. Uh, the legacy you're building every day is definitely going to be here even after you left, after you leave for short. So um, it's awesome. It's awesome. And, you know, we appreciate you. And as always, we'll see you on the next, the next. Y'all get ready for the next one. But uh, it's going to be tough to beat this one, Q. I don't know, man. It's going to be tough. This is a this is a, one of the top ones for sure. I yeah, think. absolutely. But you know, we got obviously we're going to get the CEO guarantee rate on here too. Oh, that's you know, right. We're definitely right. going to get that. Chris's so. buddy. Chris sits on the on the board of guaranteed rate, don't you? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm involved with 
You're involved with him, all right? Yeah. You're a good buddy. I know that, and, and we're gonna we're gonna get him on here eventually because you promised him. There we go. But, and uh, and and again, just be proactive. I'm going to be proactive. I'm reaching out to you because yeah. you'll definitely be an amazing mentor for true mentors. So, but anyway, we'll see you all on the next time, next episode of Ditch Diggers CEO. See ya. If you enjoy this show, please share with anyone else you think will find value here. And please go to our website, ditchdiggerceo.com for show notes, links, video clips, and more nuggets of entrepreneurial wisdom. Don't forget to follow me on social media at ditchdiggerceo and at Gary Rabine. If you listen to our show and want to become more successful, you will become more successful. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. I can Discovered entrepreneurship Scaling business plans Then I became the CEO man We're blessed to build a business in America Where soldiers fight for our freedom every day Dad's work ethic was taught from the seed of a Gravel truck rolling down Highway 31. Lord, I was called Ditch Digger Man, paving for a living and doing the best I can. Discovered entrepreneurship, scaling business plans, then I became the CEO man.